This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is iFanboy Special Edition, Marvels and Humans and The Gifted. Hello, 
welcome to special edition iFanboy Marvels, The Inhumans, and The Gifted. My name is Connor Kilpatrick. I'm joined this week by Mike Romo. Hello. And Ryan Haupt. Bet you thought I was going to be Ron. <laughs> it was not. Yeah. I'm not Ron. Ryan Haupt. And uh, we're talking I... about two of the latest comic book inspired shows on television, Marvels, Inhumans, and The Gifted on Fox. It seems like every week there's two more of these. They're like whack-a-mole. They keep coming at us. They're uh, they're gifts for <laughs> fans. They're um, flights of fancy in these troubled times. So there'll be some spoilers for these shows if you haven't seen them come back. And we'll start with The Gifted, which is on Fox, which I mentioned because The Gifted is an X-Men show, uh, which supposedly takes place within the universe of the Fox X-Men characters. It was, the pilot was directed by Brian Singer. This series was touted as featuring many characters we hadn't seen on screen before, which is true. So we had uh, Lorna Dane, who's Polaris. We had Blink. We had Thunderbird. Um, we had a bunch of X, you know, lower-level X-Men characters that don't usually get a lot of screen time, but here we, here we go. Was Blink in Days of Future Past, now that I think about it? Yes. She was. God, I don't remember. I don't remember. <laughs> she was. She and Bishop you know? were fighting Sentinels. Sentinels. Right. Sentinels. But it was, was it the same actor? No. No, I don't believe okay, so. Okay, yeah. No. yeah. Uh, so the story of The Gifted is, the, is a family. It's actually f- interesting. I was thinking about it this morning. It's very similar to... What was I... Th- oh, shit. Well, this I was thinking... I, think, I thought it was like an inverse The Americans, right? Where the... It's a family dynamic, but there's a total split in what the the parents and the kids actually are. Oh, I know what I was thinking of. This is the problem with shower thoughts: is you, you forget them as soon as you leave the shower. It's very similar <laughs> to the current the current comic storyline on uh, Nightwing: The New Order, which is a Elseworlds book coming out from DC, in which Nightwing has gotten rid of all the superpowered characters, but suddenly his son has got superpowers. This is very similar in that we meet a family. The father is a prosecutor who prosecutes mutants. Mm-hmm. Because they are illegal, and his name is mysteriously Strucker, his last name, which we'll get to in a minute. And then his wife, played by Amy Acker, they have two kids. We find out that the two kids both are mutants, and then they have they have to go on the run from the very people the father used to work with. And that's the Funny. basic story Funny. of of the gifted. And it's also the struggle of this underground mutant group, right? right. So it sort of starts with this where. You have this sort of ragtag bunch of outlaws trying to track this mutant with very large pupils. And then it sort of unfolds into this kind of family drama. So I, I actually I actually kind of liked that it wasn't necessarily the initial story first, mm-hmm. even though I wasn't a huge. I was like, oh, man, another on the run kind of underground network of heroes type thing. But what did you guys think of? Uh, I was surprised. I didn't. I actually didn't know anything about the show, and I was surprised to see uh, Brian Singer directing it. Same. They didn't publicize it very much. I mean, they publicized the show, but they didn't talk about the content very much. Fox. That was their uh, strategy for this. But uh, I wasn't surprised to see Brian Singer for two reasons. One, if you want to have it set sort of in his world, then have him direct right. it. But also, two, he has directed pilots before because. Because if you're a pilot director of a series, you get paid for every subsequent episode of that series for the life of the show. Right, right. So it's a good gig to direct pilot episodes. I mean, g- given that it's supposed to be tied into his universe, I, I mean, I, I'm kind of like I'm wondering if we should have seen cuts from the movies or something to give it some kind of context in the universe. When they're sort of referring to outside 
activities, Sentinels and, and I guess the X-Men and that kind of thing. I was like, oh, okay. I didn't, as a sort of, I guess now, a casual slash lapsed mutant person, I had no con. I had nowhere to grab for this show. I thought it was just going to be kind of like uh, you know, the fa- a family drama, and they're all mutants. <laughs> you right. know, I thought it was, I I thought the whole thing was that, and I thought the lead character, Mister Mr. Strucker, was actually a mutant that could do force mind tricks, like with the scene with the principal. Mm-hmm. I. I was so off base with this show. I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> Clearly. I'm like, cool. He's like a Jedi. And they had this little in joke. And that, that's great. He just gets people to do what he wants. a la purple man. But like, then you just saw a different show. Was what no, I mean, I was really paying a lot of t- maybe I was just reading th- into things a bit. I think one of the, one of the questions that has been raised is where exactly does this take place? And I don't think they, they're really in a hurry to tell us. Atlanta. Near the Mexican border. I don't mean like physically. I mean like I know, I know. Where within these movies? I mean, at, at some point, am I crazy? Or did they say that the X Men are missing? Yeah, that's what no, I thought. They said, I heard. yeah, they they mentioned that about both the Brotherhood and about the X Men. They said like if they even exist anymore, which almost evoked more of a Logan feel, where right. the X Men have become this mythic group that people aren't sure ever really existed in the first place. Right. So I, I my feeling was it took place some some point in the future. But which future? <laughs> well, that's the thing that the X Men could be any future, but the the Sentinels here are not. Ro- they have robot buddies, but they're they're humans. It was the Sentinel was Sentinel it? Squad Sentinel or something. Sentinel Squad. Um, maybe they have evolved from robot. Who knows? It, it's just a, it takes place somewhere in the world. Is Lorna Dane actually Magneto's daughter, as she is in the comics? Who knows? Doesn't really matter. When I was watching the series, I was enjoying it, and about halfway through. I thought, I don't, I don't know if I need another show. Like, there's a lot of shows. But by the end, I thought, okay, I, I, do, I do want to know what's next. I, I do want to see the next episode. So I guess it was successful in that sense. But I really, I mean, we, we, we joked at the beginning, but there are a lot of these, I mean, there are a lot of these shows. And, and a lot of the shows that you're already invested in, right? I mean, there's a lot of shows that you're looking forward to seeing, and they, you know, take up a block of anywhere from three to five hours of your life, and then suddenly this stuff happens. And I was actually kind of figuring out who is who is this show for, really? I mean, is it is it for teenagers who love mutant comics? Is it for old guys who love X-Men comics and are love that universe? Is it for people that are big fans of the previous film, which probably, you know, two or three of them? I mean, I, who, 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 who really, who are these people? I mean, I liked Legion. I haven't finished it yet, but that was arresting <laughs> visually, uh, but, but it looked awesome and I can't wait to see it. But it, I just, you know, there's only so much time. So it was really, I thought this was really interesting that it even got made. Cause it's not like it's going, you know what we need? Damn it. We need a, we need a mutant show. Cause because of Inhumans, I don't. It's just strange. I don't. I don't know why it's. It, I liked seeing it, but I don't know if I want to stick with it. Ryan, what did you think overall? Uh, I actually enjoyed this well enough. I don't know if I enjoyed it enough to keep watching. I think I enjoyed it on a about the same as like a Fear the Walking Dead sort of thing of like, oh, this is similar to other things that I like. Right. right. <laughs> um, is that enough to to be worth watching every week in the modern TV landscape? Probably not. But I didn't think any part of it was necessarily bad. I mean, when I compare it to what we'll be talking about in the in the yeah. next segment, I think about at least. 
For me, it was a well-constructed pilot. Yep. I mean, you have different storylines. There's a lot of mystery. There's a lot of questions that need to be answered. There's personal drama. That's family drama. There's just straight-up action drama. So it laid out. It was technically, I thought it was a pretty good pilot because it laid out all these different groups, all these different intentions. I I think the family is kind of a cool dynamic. It's nice to see Amy Acker on there. It took me a while to realize that that was the guy from Walking Dead. I'm yeah, not Walking True Dead. Blood. Uh, True Blood. That's why it took so long. Who was married to Rogue? Right. Exactly right. Which I so I appreciated like the structure of it, and I thought it went off at a good pace. I thought the effects were good. I I loved what she was doing with the shield. Mm-hmm. The daughter. I I feel like we've all seen. I get really angry, and the world blows up around me uh, enough. I don't need to see that anymore. It looked cool, but I mean, come on. It's a, that's like the oldest tr- trick, X-Men trick. They did it in Legion. Yeah, exactly. A it's lot, the same yeah. thing. And then they in, and really, really well done in Logan with Patrick Stewart. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's like, I mean, I feel like I would have been a really excited about this show if it came out like 10 years ago, seven years ago. Right. You know, where it was, where it wasn't competing for that space in my brain. Is that it hit you right at the end of Smallville? Is what you're saying? Yeah, right, right in the end. Like, yeah, you know, because it would have been, I, the the characters seem good. It's got. I thought the casting was pretty strong. I yeah. Thought the, everybody seems irritatingly good looking in these days. Maybe I, just, yeah, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't help think that, uh, but think that about the guy who plays Sunspot. Like, oh yeah, yeah, he's yeah. just really handsome. And Warbird or Thunderbird or Thunderhawk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what else? I mean, it, I mean, it sets up, you know, the scenes to come sort of sets up. It doesn't seem very surprising, right? I mean, what's the end game for this show? Did they get validated? Did they reverse mutant rights? Does Patrick Stewart come around and, and save everybody? I just don't know where I don't know where the show's going to go. And I'm not I don't know if it'll ever get enough time to actually get there you know what i mean i don't know if the ratings are going to be the such that where i feel like i'm going to invest time because i feel like it's going to get canceled in six weeks or two months or a year you know what i mean well it's interesting to to look at in comparison to legion because legion lives in the same nebulous world where it's sort of in the x-men world i mean we even had direct reference i mean you guys haven't finished it but direct reference to professor x at the end because well, wait i don't know what they're doing in the show but isn't isn't the main character supposed to be professor x's son well, That's maybe like thing, finish right? the show. Yeah, maybe. You'll right. know. Yes. Okay. But uh, they, they clearly want to live in their own bubble, you know. I think, I think which it's is very, great. Very telling that they put this in a world in which the X-Men are either missing or mythological. So that there isn't, there isn't really a call for a crossover or a character to show up or anything like that. What about a crossover between shows? I don't even know. I mean, who the hell knows where where Le- where Legion takes place or when Legion takes place? I, it looks like the yeah. '60s. Yeah. But what was, it, what was interesting to me was the very deliberate choice, obviously deliberate, to name the family the Strucker family because that was Baron von Strucker, who appeared in Avengers: Age of Ultron, and as far as I know, is not a character Fox owns. No. Hmm. I, I thought it was a very interesting last. I mean, I can't figure out what the what why why they chose that name yet because. You know, he's uh, even though in the movies in Ultron he was responsible for uh, Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch. He, as far as I know, I always read him in Avengers comics. I never read him in in, in X Men comics. Hmm. But w- whether or not that's that's some bizarre nod to the comics, or whether that's intentional, or whether it's going to be important later, he was always to me a Hydra Avengers guy, and that would lead me to think he he well, obviously is owned by 
Disney. He was in the Avengers movies. So who? It's, right. it was a bizarre choice. It, I kept wondering why they were named Strucker. Maybe there's some super deep X-Men reference that I don't, I'm not aware of because I'm not as as deep of an X-Men fan as I, as I am of other things. But if someone knows why there's an X-Men connection to Strucker, please let us know in the comments. That was really interesting to me in a, in a sort of distracting way. But you guys are right. It's... It, it, was, it was solidly made, and like I said, halfway through, I thought, well, you know, God, there's like 12, 14 of these comic book shows. Right. But I think I'll give it one more shot, because I do want to see what happens next, now that they're all together, you know, now, now that the family's been rescued by the underground, by, you know, Blink and Thunderbird and all them, so we'll see. I, I'm going to give it one more, sh- one more episode to see how I feel about it. And I really, really liked the design for the little Sentinel bots, very Matrixy. Mm-hmm. Sure, Yeah. I thought that that was well done. I thought the effect, you know, doing it obviously in a, a dark warehouse setting helps, but I thought the effect itself looked pretty good. Um, I thought that part I, of I, it was nicely handled. I almost, I almost feel like it's it's tough, you know, because I get it's kind of cool to see those other mutants as their team and their little burnt out house and all that kind of stuff. But if I feel like if this had opened up as a family drama of like them on a road trip trying trying to make it to Mexico, that kind of thing for the first pilot – or even the first two or three episodes, and then they're rescued, and then the world starts to open up. I might care more because I, I did like the family dynamic a lot. I thought I thought the whole they all worked really well together, and I was kind of hoping that it would be kind of like the there was an episode way back when of um, that old powers super the superhero show from way back uh, with the horn rimmed glasses guy heroes 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 yeah and there was that one episode i think it was called hrg but it was an origin story for him yeah. and it was like one of the best tv episodes i've ever seen of course i can barely even remember the name of it <laughs> but i just remember really enjoying this family trying to deal with this and i thought that was for me the most compelling aspect of it what happens when right. you know your kids are you know it, obviously the parallels in modern day life etc but it's still kind of it was an interesting hook. That's why I had thought it was going to be more like the Americans. But then when I was realized, oh, it's a team show, and then it's kind of like the family, but it's not really because now they're going to go. It just got really, really muddy. So I think there was a lost opportunity here for me to start caring about the characters more, uh, maybe waiting a little bit longer for their mutant powers to come out or do do something different. Because right now I thought they they're just filling in the blank. They're just you know, just doing the right thing by the story. It's I, I wasn't really surprised by anything. And I, I feel like it's sort of a missed opportunity. I think people are ready for different kinds of mutant stories. And so far, this isn't different enough. It is, it is interesting that I guess it was, I don't know, not 10 years ago, but somewhere around there when, when Mike wrote an article for iFanboy about how many, or were there too many comic book movies? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's almost laughable to think about that now, considering the state of the world then and versus now, in which there's probably 15 comic book shows on the air, and that might oh, yeah. be, that might be underestimating it. This isn't a show that goes full on superhero like the CW shows, in which they 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 wrap themselves in the warm blanket of costumes and gorilla grods yeah. and things. But it's also not a show that completely hides from it, because the X Men aesthetic is that these guys are all basically just wearing regular clothes and and not wearing you know bright colored costumes, but. Um, I, I do like that there's a there's a spectrum of of superhero shows out there that, that we can do different things with them. What, mm-hmm. what, whether or not there's an audience for it is another question. So I guess we'll see going forward. Because in contrast, we have uh, which is an interesting contrast considering the all the meta commentary. But Marvels and Humans yeah. is the uh, latest from Marvel Studios and ABC, which 
Well, uh, look at the time, Connor. I, I gotta go. <laughs> wow. No, it's great to see Hawaii. It looks gorgeous in Hawaii. And half the cast have lost. Yeah. <laughs> so, so there's a lot of things going on here. Number one, you know, people know that. Wait, Sir, can I? I have a, I have an ask of the of the listenership right now before uh-huh. we get too far into this. I would if if you went to one of the IMAX screenings, stop listening now and just go leave a comment and tell us what that was like because I want to know how people walked out of the theater after that experience before well, you hear our not our... many not many did so you'll, you'll <laughs> yeah I don't know where where to find that so. Okay, interesting that these shows came out in the same week because as people who read comics or listen to the weekly podcast know, Marvel has been unofficially pushing out the X-Men and pushing in the Inhumans for a number of years now. What? They've been trying to replace the X-Men with the Inhumans, which hasn't worked because no one cares. So it was interesting that this, this sort of happened in the same week. Inhumans was originally announced as a film in one of Marvel's big roadshow announcements a couple of years ago. Right. The people we know at Marvel told us that was never going to happen. They was correct. And it suddenly became a TV show that was... I w- it's not spinning off of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., even though there was an entire season-long Inhuman storyline on that show that I watched, and it killed the show for me, and I stopped watching it after that. Mm. Actually, I gave Ghost Rider a couple episodes, and I stopped watching it. <laughs> I mean, it's in the same world, and I, I, I'm curious to see if there'll be any crossover between those two, although I doubt it'll last long enough for us to find out. The Inhumans, which is a probably an event series. I don't even know where to begin with this. It was a two-hour premiere. Well, yeah, that, that, it's, that it's is, about a family. As Ryan said, was shown in theater, IMAX theaters for uh, right. a couple of months ago. It's about a family and their strife. Black Bolt, Medusa, Karnak, Gorgon, Crystal, Maximus, Triton, all your, your human regulars. <laughs> this was showrun by the same guy who did Iron Fist, Scott Buck. And to me, it has all the same problems that Iron Fist had in that I didn't think it was bad. I just thought it was boring. Yeah, I mean, you can see how this was pitched. It was almost like, look, it's like Game of Thrones. It's Marvel's Game of Thrones, two- yes. That's oh, they're they trying make- so hard yeah, to They've Game got of Thrones. powers, and, you know, it's got this rich universe, and there's this lady with the hair, and he can't talk because if he does, it's all this power. And it's like... You can see, you can almost feel it in the room, and um, it's just really interesting. It's really instructive to see like a concept which has succeeded for so many fans sort of just sort of fell flat. And it was really interesting to me, at least. It, it was interesting for me to compare the pilots together, just the structure of them, where uh, you know, the, yes, one the, of them had it. Well, gifted opened up it with these little mini mysteries, and it, you you were wondering what. You were wondering with the characters what was going to happen. And here we just sort of laid this whole thing out. So I guess you guys want to sort of back up and sort of talk about what little story that there, there was? Sure. It was. I mean, the, the log line is that you've got the royal family of the Inhumans who are ruling over um, their city on the moon and Adelan. <laughs> and uh, just never how I pronounced that in my head. So that was Atalan. I was at Attilan. Tillin. Oh, right. I get it. Like Black Bolt and Medusa are the king and queen. Black Bolt's brother, Maximus, played by Ewan Ruin, who's that's probably hor- horribly pronounced because he's Welsh and who knows how those words are said. He who played Ramsay Bolton on Game of Thrones. He is obviously power hungry. He wants the kingship for himself, so he he engineers a military coup uh, through the course of the episode to remove Black Bolt, Medusa, and Crystal, her sister, mm. and take power oh. for himself. 
And he gets the support of all of the slave underclass, which maybe hint that Black Bolt's not that great at being Well, that was really interesting, and I read an interesting review about the show where they said, so I guess we're supposed to be rooting for the return of the aristocracy in which the people are are forced to work in mines. (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) It was a weird weird tension in which, you know, the the whole thing with the Inhumans is you get your Terrigen Mist baptism by fire at some point in your life, and you, you either get powers or you don't. People who don't get powers... Are yeah. sent to the mines, and you're just like, huh? I don't it really know. kind of glossed over that. I didn't. Was that? Is that the thing? Is that really it? I don't know that that's a thing in, in the comics. I don't think it, it was in the Paul. It was in the Paul Jenkins one um, because one of the they didn't. They sort of hinted at it in this pilot premiere, but in that Paul Jenkins J Lee story that everybody references as being like the one great inhuman story, one of they have this subclass of people called like betas, which are very reminiscent of some of the subclasses from Brave New World, the Aldous Huxley dystopian novel. And one of the inhuman children who's supposed to get powers goes into the Terrigen Mist chamber and comes out as a beta. And that had never happened before. And everybody was like, oh, no, this is this is bad because you're not supposed to come out worse. You're not supposed to come out as one of our race of slaves. Right. And <laughs> that was 17 years ago. I haven't read that since then. I mean, I, and, I, and I had read that other version of Inhumans, which it came out, I think, around, I don't know, um, what the Secret Invasion or something was with the, the really great art. And and so I, I don't go way back with these characters at all. And so I thought it was a really interesting choice because I, I, I would figure that most people don't know what the Inhumans are. And I don't think they did a terrific job of giving us no. any redeeming qualities in the family. Um, it's just like you just see where they look like, you know, I keep I just watch coming to America and it's like I the, it, that really that movie has a lot in common with the stuff I'm watching right now. It's like they're really rich. Everything's done for them. They got cool powers. They, everything's great if you're in their little club. And then clearly, if you're not, it's you know, it's you're just a slave. And so it tonally it was all over the place for me but i guess mostly it just felt lethargic and lazy it was really interesting to me you know they get separated and then at one point they're all in hawaii <laughs> it always reminded me of lost and like there's a weird quality to the filming where i'm just like oh man just get back in the studio it was really distracting it was just like of all the places i know i guess they're saving money they got studios there but it just seemed like a nice place to be exiled to, really. It well, wasn't they, a bad it, place. It didn't help Go that, to New York. that Ken Leung, who played, played Karnak, he was on Lost. Yeah. They're adding Ian Henry Cusack, who's coming on the show. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean it's... it's like, hey, Ken Leung, Leung, who's also played a mutant in one of the mutant movies, right? Did he? Did he really? I thought he had oh, like wow. a cameo in one of the X-Men movies. But uh, yeah. he, And he's great, and also was the best part of the show uh, for me. I mean, Correct. he's a great yes. character. Cool you mean, ability. You didn't think Medusa's wig was the best part oh, of the we're show? Get oh, to my that God, in a second. Dude. Kevin yeah. Young's Karnak, I thought, was... He was the best screen presence on the show. However, I thought they did a terrible job of explaining Karnak and his abilities. Yep. 100%, for sure. There was a whole sequence where he fights off uh, Maximus's thugs, and it really makes it look like he has the power to rewind time and start over again. See, that's what I thought. No, well, especially no. since they were using they were using a lot of very similar symbols and floating, glowing things that you saw in Doctor Strange, a movie where he does manipulate time in just that way. Okay, Mike, what are Karnak's powers? I, From watching the show, what would you say his powers are? Well, I thought it was, oh, that was an option in the timeline that he went through. He backed up time. 
No. And then chose another thing. <laughs> nope. But now I'm beginning to think maybe he can see possibilities. Kind sort of. of. <laughs> he can he can see the flaw in anything. Oh, that's right, because that's what he was talking about dating that girl and the whole thing. Yeah. Which that was really well. Mean. The, I mean, the thing is, if someone's attacking <laughs> you, that's not really a flaw, right? Oh. No, he saw the flaw in their plan, I guess. Like, he's it a, didn't, he's also, it didn't make any I mean, sense. It didn't make any he's sense. He's also an expert no. martial artist, and yeah. so I guess he saw the flaw in his own. It was they were trying to do like the Sherlock Holmes, right. you know, palm we, to the left jugular, thinking through the. I'm right. so smart, I can think through a fight and then do it correctly. Um, they, sort they of thing. But then he, that, but then he falls a off a fucking cliff, and I kept waiting for him to be like, "Oh, well, that's not the way to climb down this," and rewind and do it again. But no, he just lies there unconscious. They were saying that something had gone wrong with his powers because because he tried to see what direction was what, which I didn't know was his power. Also, and he couldn't do it. I just did a really bad job of explaining these completely foreign characters. Like, what is Crystal's power? If you only watch the show. They didn't really do a good job of really making Black Bolt's power. Dude, I don't even know who you're talking about. Which she was one's the, Crystal? the blonde with the black streaks hair. in her hair. Who, who was... She can talk to the, the, the dog, right? No. <laughs> no. She has <laughs> elemental power. She can, she can do like any you know, ice and fire and stuff. Well, she certainly didn't take advantage of them in this week's premiere. No, it, she she they, lit food on fire once. They, no, they did a really bad job of explaining everyone's abilities and also really making Black Bolt... I don't want to say menacing, but like... Everyone is afraid of Black Bolt's powers in the Marvel Universe because it's so strong. and That's why he's such a badass. But they didn't really do a good job. When they showed him using it in the flashback where he killed his parents, it looked so dumb. Yeah. You should be utterly terrified of Black Bolt even sneezing. <laughs> they didn't do a good job of explaining it. I mean, it just, it just felt like a huge wasted opportunity, especially for a two-hour pilot that felt like it lasted about four hours. I, well, yes, I, I, I think if you have powers like that, too, you don't look so stressed out. He looked constipated in almost every single scene. He's holding it in. And then I was really confused. I talked about this with Connor. I was under the impression that he had telepathy in the books. That's why he could communicate with the rest of the Illuminati and all that. But like, and then when he's talking to the guy from Game of Thrones, he's like, of course I respect you. He, 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 he gave them this menacing look, menacing look number four. <laughs> it turned to number five. And then dude from Game of Thrones was like, oh, of course I respect you. I'm so sorry. And I'm like, oh, he, he no, communicated. He touched, his, he touched his chest, which I guess was the uh, inhuman oh God, sign dude. language symbol for trust me. Dude. It just, I mean, and then, and then I mean, okay, so let's talk about Medusa. Yeah. Well, hang on. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, to get back to Black Bolt very quickly, I, yeah. I agree with everything you guys have been saying. He is supposed to be, he's, he's supposed to be a walking nuclear weapon. Like, yeah. He, right. you, yeah, he should right. be terrifying in a way that, Everything that is that is expressed in the Hulk's uncontrolled rage is yes. bound up inside him, and he has to control it himself. And I think in the comics, he can communicate non-verbally with Medusa. That's and I right. think the way they did it in the Illuminati was Professor X is in the room. So. Oh, okay, okay, that good, good, good point. So, um, and then but, yeah, so if you wanted to see a Hulk-level powerful person get beat up by five cops with nightsticks, this is the show for you. <laughs> But he would he should be practicing inordinate amount of calm. Yeah. That's why it he sounds had that like special he's room. Meditating. He like sits. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. He it, it, nothing should phase him because the moment that he gets phased or sneezes, it's the it's the end of everything around him. A mountain so, explodes. Yeah. So it was an so it was an interesting choice in the actor because the, the actor made it look like he was just trying to contain himself with his furrowed brow. But, but you know that was the choice that the the, the showrunner made, and I don't think it was particularly effective. I think maybe you're supposed to go, "Wow, he's so powerful; he's just barely keeping it in." But I think the opposite is much more interesting. 
He has to be because there's no one who has to strain to hold something in that actually is successful holding it in. Yeah. It comes out. You ha- he, he would have to be, he would have to be like a Zen master. Anyway, let's talk about Medusa, because Black Bolt was the least of the show's problems. <sighs> There's a lot of talk before the show about how awful her hair was. Uh, Medusa's ability, her hair is like a sentient, not sentient, but she controls her hair like she controls her arms. <laughs> and a lot of talk before the show premiered about how awful the the hair was. And there was a lot of talk from Marvel how no, that you hadn't seen the finished hair; it's going to get fixed. Clearly, they knew they had a problem with the hair on their hands because halfway through the show, she gets her hair chopped off. Right. It looked ridiculous. And not just when she was moving it. That wig, I mean, there are really yeah. good hair and makeup yeah. people in Hollywood. We see it all the time. They were not available. In <laughs> were they all busy? I yeah. mean, it was one of the worst. That was like a high school, high yeah. school production level wig. Yeah. Like in the middle of nowhere. High school in the middle of nowhere. This is what their wigs look like in their high school. I mean, it was shocking. It was rough. How bad it was. It made me frustrated because, like, you get to see it a little bit. And now, okay, so they shave, she shaves her hair off. You think she, I don't know, that whole scene was well, ridiculous, she had her hair too. Off by, uh, Maximus. Yeah. But, like, okay. And then, so, I don't, again, it's I mean, not it, like. It'll grow back, right? I mean, it wasn't that's like. That's the thing. I mean, I get it. I totally get it. It's like he's like he temporarily cut your arms off. I totally get it. It's not just hair. It's another limb. However, it's a limb that returns. It's not – I I felt like we were supposed to think that her hair was going to come back but not the same. But same or something. I don't know. I mean, I guess if you had your arms cut off, you'd be pretty upset about it. But if if I knew my arms would be be back in a couple of months, I wouldn't be – you know. Listen. It's the middle of a coup. Your arms are cut off. Okay, right. I understand. Okay, However, uh, they'll be back. They'll be back. It is interesting to structurally too that uh, the coup starts happening, and you're—I guess it is part of the movie. But I, I just felt like I don't know. Just the the physical, just the making of the show, even the crowds themselves. Like the, nobody seemed like they really wanted to be there. <laughs> <laughs> the surfers with uh, Gorgon. Yeah. Oh, that was that was some painful dialogue. This is a nitpick, admittedly, but Gorgon, knowing that maybe Triton's in the water, so he just runs into the water even though he knows he can't swim? Uh, Oh, yeah, thanks for bringing that up. I didn't understand what that meant. See, he went into the water and... Because he was looking for Triton, he was looking for his fish bud, but he forgot that he had hooves and so therefore can't swim? Also, it's like you've got one black actor in the show and you make a joke about him not being able to swim? That's not great. Don't do that. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. It also, it looked real cheap. I mean, oh, his hooves look terrible. I think, I think the whole thing, yeah, the whole whole thing. thing. But the Adelan was like a bunch of sets in which they all just stood around gray stone rooms. And the green screen stuff was not impressive. Like there was nothing majestic about. I I wanted to feel like finally the Inhumans are presented on the big screen. Like, and we're going to see this city that most people have never even imagined. Most people don't even know about that takes place in this dome. Um, But then I kept thinking again, I kept thinking about Black Panther. I'm like, I'm looking at how great that looks, obviously completely different budgets, but I, I was hoping for a little bit of awe. And then all we got are the two girls watching TV on the, on the big LCD platform floating in the, in the, little pool there like there were so many things that were just like man i I just felt like they got their b team or c team on this it it just it the the intention behind it didn't even feel like 
they really wanted to tell a great story because we're, I don't really remember. I only saw it a couple of days ago, and I don't really remember much of it. Like, well, I mean, it, nothing it, that hooked me. I don't really come down on TV shows for for being cheaper. Like, for instance, we we had sure. Mike, and I, Mike and I talked about the Orville. The Orville doesn't have state of the art special effects, but I get it because it's a TV show. However, this looked particularly cheap, and I think that's part of, been part of the problem with with Agents of Shield as well. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, the gifted didn't look cheap. No. If you had changed the aspect ratio and the way that Brian Singer framed the shots, you could have put it on a movie screen and it would have been fine. I'm talking about costumes. I'm talking about wigs. I'm talking about sets. These are things that don't have to be don't have to look, look as cheap as... Well, I mean, I, I don't criticize Lockjaw because it's the first fully CGI character in a TV show. It, they don't have that much money to put into it. I, don't, I, have a problem. I didn't have a problem with Lockjaw. I thought the teleportation effect looked fine. Yeah, that was cool. But it's just everything else about it seemed cheap. And if you're trying, clearly, as Mike said, or this is clearly pitched as Game of Thrones in the Marvel Universe. It just didn't seem like you had the Game of Thrones level even writing on it. But at yeah, the core, every, every time they core, had Crystal standing at the banister overlooking the city, I was like, wow, you really just want this to be Daenerys at Marine for sure. Pyramid. And that was, it was just, yeah, the homages, if they were even, if you even want to call them that, or just the aping it to the best of their ability was evident. And Game of Thrones starts with the family, right? right? It starts with kids. It starts with parents. And then the that family gets drawn into a bigger crisis. So one episode where everyone's happy. There's one episode. It's a, it's a wonderful, <laughs> wonderfully short-lived episode. But I guess maybe that's the struggle is like they want to show this family. It, it, it starts it starts big and then it gets fragmented. And we d- the only time that we really see any kind of privacy is the very opening scene when Black Bolt and Medusa are making out. And like, okay, and no one pays attention to their little Fitbits. Like, that's also like this funny thing. <laughs> it's like, take the headphones. Off. Like, just obviously someone's trying to call you. Pick it up. And then I, then I got, then I was like, in my shower thoughts, going, well, like, shouldn't Black Bolt, shouldn't his one have a keyboard so he can like text right. back? Or at least and then the she's fake, like, just yeah. show me proof that you're alive instead of just tapping on it. He puts it to his heart. I mean, give him, give, give somebody a little bit he of a break. He can at least get an Apple Watch. He can at least, he at least, <laughs> he at least tactically send her, send her, uh, send her oh buzzes. But also, the cops definitely would have taken that. Oh, for sure. It was in his. <laughs> hey, dude, it was in his pocket. They just didn't check it. It was a. The problem with these with the shows like this is we, we've <sighs> talked about this before. Is once you lose. The central conceit to the audience, you just go running downhill on all these things that are problems. I mean, yeah, things you would overlook on an otherwise good show become glaring on a bad show. And the thing is, I wanted to like it. The thing is, I was coming into both of these shows going, okay, well, let's let's see what they're we'll see what let's let's see what's new. I've seen a bunch of CW shows. I haven't really seen what's going on in network TV with these kind of genre shows. I I stopped watching Agents of Shields like a like a while ago. Right. I didn't see any of the Ghost Rider stuff. And again, I just felt like the, the quality of the production linked with this inability to tell a family drama. Because I'm supposed to care if they get split up. Right. And now, and now I'm like, to your point, Connor, so if they do get back in power, now people are going to be, they're going to go back to this authoritarian society. Right. There's no, the, there's no, there's no good that comes out of this. Right. I mean, that's, I mean, so you kind of wonder, is Maximus right to overthrow the king because the king kind of sucks? But we don't, and we don't even get an action of him as king, or at least I don't remember. I don't, I don't, I don't, I never saw him rule. I saw him walk down the block with his wife, nodding to folks. Yeah. Maybe that's why I really, yeah. That was terrible too. They really, 
should have spent more time really spending with the family before it gets split apart. I didn't, you didn't need really so much of the stuff happening in Hawaii. It, you really needed to learn more about them before they get bad things happen to them. Yeah. I'm reading now that, that Jeff Loeb, who was in charge of the Marvel TV show, says there's no plans to interact with the characters from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So That's awkward. They're going to be shooting right across the street from each other. <laughs> well, they're shooting in Hawaii. I mean, it was just funny. Like, it was, it was interesting because we, we talk about, about sort of production, and it was funny. Okay, so they're doing a bunch of stuff in Hawaii, and they're doing a bunch of stuff in Georgia. And it was funny, like the Atlanta cops and all that kind of stuff, it just felt a little bit more urban, but I don't think you can even do that in Hawaii. Everything just looks nice. Even the city yeah. blocks are like just clean palm trees and everybody's yeah. in Hawaii shirt, Hawaiian shirts. And people are pretty chill. Even the cops are kind of mellow. It just didn't. Well, they, they, they really beat the shit out of him. In well, that's street. true. I mean, okay. they went nuts uh, on him. I, I retract that statement. I did go. That is a little bit much. Given that was a bit rough, but, but I said like, but then I was like in a, Barney Fife or whatever, what was <laughs> Barney Miller uh, in their office going, oh, there's there's the different uh, stereotypes of all the different kinds of cops that can be somewhere. Right. And he looked, and why did he look so surprised when he got, he, had he never seen a camera before? That, I, I know I'm nitpicking, but there was a point where he gets his picture taken and he just sort of looks at the guy like. Uh, I, don't, he had, I mean, he, he, didn't, had, he didn't, I mean, he walked right over to the camera and the guy said, we need to take your picture. So it wasn't yeah, like exactly. he'd never seen it. It just was. He just doesn't seem very sophisticated. Uh, but, you know what I mean? Just in terms of running what is clearly a fairly complex society, dealing with hiding from, you know, Earth, he just he doesn't inspire a lot of confidence in terms of a, a great leader. And I think I missed that aspect to it because totally. even though he didn't speak, he was able to keep that society running. And that we didn't. I mean, he's see one that. of the most respected characters in the Marvel universe in the comics. Yeah. you should get that sense from him that he should have gravitas. He should have. Uh, Grace and he should have menace behind his powers, and none of that was none of that was shown here. Yeah, it just seems like a huge missed opportunity to do a different kind of superhero show, but we didn't get that. What do you guys think of the? And there's lots of quippy quips, like a lot of. I feel like Joss Whedon. Everybody kind of is trying to make little funny moments here and there, everywhere, and so many of them just fell flat. Just I don't even remember. I just oh, I just remember being miserable watching. I mean, miserable is a bad. Bored, bored. I was bored. I wasn't miserable. I was bored. I've seen worse TV shows, but I've never spent four hours watching a two-hour show before like this. Yeah, it did feel like it just kept going. It's too bad. You know, it, it is really hard to make these shows. Lots and lots of people put yeah, thing into it. Especially for a network. Yeah. And, you know, a network is saying, we're, we believe in this show. We're going to budget it. We're going to kind of publicize it. They made a big deal about it, how it was co-produced by IMAX, but maybe that was just for that first episode. Yeah, it was. Yeah. By the way, the uh, IMAX gross was uh, worldwide two point eight five million. Oof. So if you were one of those people who saw it in IMAX, as Ryan asked before, please tell us what the theater reaction was, because I can't imagine sitting through this in a theater. Although I'm, I'm sure the Hawaii shots looked great on IMAX. Yeah, it's a beautiful place. So right now, Black, uh, not Black Bolt, Black Bolt and the Inhumans. This is what I would have called it. Is scheduled to run for eight episodes. I think it's. By the I way, just since Mike isn't that familiar with the characters, his yeah. real name is Blackagar Boltagon, and I think that's important for you to know, Mike. <laughs> that's awesome. It is <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I'm gonna mute myself while I laugh. One second. Um, so it's scheduled to run for eight episodes. I cannot imagine it'll be any more than that. I, I'm, I'm sure that ABC will end up calling this an event series. Yeah. Here's sure. the real question. Since you know it's only eight episodes. You gonna watch any more of it? 
there, there's no way in hell I'm watching this. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. I might I might watch the finale, skim over it just to see where they put everything. But like, there's just so much stuff to watch. I still need to finish OA. And you know what I mean? Like, and and Legion. Like, there's. I, I mean, I'm I'm more tempted to go after the the uh, the gifted just because mm-hmm. I I I like those actors more. I felt yeah. more of a connection with it. Um, but with within humans, I just feel like ABC doesn't really care if I watch it or not. You know, <laughs> well, they banished so. to Friday, so they don't. So yeah. we'll, let's do some ratings then. Ratings on the gifted out of five, Mike. You, oh, I'm gonna say three. Ryan. Yeah, it's a three. I mean, it's, it's a three. The pieces are there. It's fine, but it, yeah. Do we do th- ratings and whether or not you're going to see it. Yeah, hold on. I'm gonna do. Th- I'm gonna do three point five for the gifted. Sticking with it. Well, you said it earlier, Mike. No, no, I don't think so. I might see the second one, but I just, I, I just to see if they can k- follow through. But um, I'll, I'll reserve my follow throughness until I, I see the second one. Ryan, uh, sticking with gifted. No, I just and uh, I just don't have time. Yeah. And, if it if it grabbed me better maybe but it nothing about it was bad i just right in, right, all, right. in all the shows i have to decide what to watch and this is probably not gonna make the cut it wasn't a revelation or anything that's right i'm gonna stick with it only in the sense that i'm gonna watch the second episode i don't know if i count sticking with it i mean that'll that'll determine whether or not i want to continue watching it i want to see Same. what i want to see what happens after brian singer doesn't direct it but this is the kind of thing where like i'll put it on the background it's like oh yeah it's TV. not i'll watch it usually in the morning i watch when tv I'm pretty ready, focused when i'm getting ready yeah. for work that's it'll be yeah. one of those shows. Marvels and humans ratings, ratings, Mike. Uh, you don't want to be harsh on people's creative uh, endeavors, so I'm going to give it a a one point five. I mean, uh, I can't even give it a two. I mean, I feel bad about that. I mean, they did try to film it in I, they filmed it in IMAX, but I'm going to give it a one point five because the experience I had was very lux- lackluster, and I I don't feel like anybody cares if I watch it or not. Ryan. I thought this was barely watchable. A point five, maybe. Point five. Just, oh, wow. I don't know. I thought this was so borderline barely watchable, and like you said, Connor, it just—it's already so long, and right. it feels. I felt like I spent all day getting through this yesterday. You mm. know, if you asked me what did you what did you do yesterday, I'm like, I forced myself to get through Inhumans. It's maybe that's one of their powers. Like bitter, bitter pill. <laughs> oh God. I'll give it a one. Sticking with it, Mike. Oh, no, thank you. Ryan. No. I think I'm morbidly curious about the second episode. <laughs> but probably not. I can't imagine I'm going to watch all eight episodes. So there you go. There is The Gifted and there's Marvels and Humans. You can go to ifanwood.com. There'll be a post for the show. You can tell us what you thought about it there. Whew. Uh, we talked about it earlier with The Gifted. Are there too many comic book shows? Um, How many are there right now? I don't know. A lot. I don't know. Like nine? Seven? Uh, do you, is, are we answering that question right now? I'm just curious if you guys, after after this experience you went through this week, do you feel, do you feel like yourselves there are too many comic book shows? Well, I would only feel that way if I felt the need to to stick with them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I think having a lot of this stuff online gives alleviates some of the pressure. Like I can go back to Legion when I want to go back to Legion, or before it starts back up. Um, I'm a big, you know, I've already fallen off the wagon with Arrow. I like watching the crossovers. I feel like. There are a lot, but I, I feel less of a need to keep up with everything. So it doesn't really bother me. I'm glad people are working, but I am worried that as there are more and more of these shows, they don't seem to be getting better in quality. It is interesting that we're at a point now where in our lives where it's just like, yeah, there's so many comic book shows, I don't even need to watch them all. <laughs> yeah, right? Totally. 
That's it, that's 100% where I'm at. And not all of them are for me. You know, this is something we talk about where once uh, a thing spreads more broadly, you're going to get stuff that's clearly made for a different audience than yourself. And I think that's fine. And so if people are out there enjoying shows that I don't watch, good for them. More power to you. But I, at this point, you know, I can barely keep up with my own stack of comics. And then <laughs> it's getting to a point where the movies are feeling like they're coming out too often for it to keep up with. So I'm not going to not going to stack on a bunch of TV shows and feel guilty about not watching those, too. All right. So there you go. If you ha- Tell us what you think if there's too many shows in the comments. Well, what do you think? I mean, yeah, there's, I mean, yeah, we, I mean, there's too many. Not that I want them to stop making them, there's just too many for me to watch. Connor, are you watching <clears throat> Gotham? Yes. But it's again, it's a okay. show I watch when I'm getting ready in the work for work in the morning. But I enjoy Gotham. I enjoy Is Gotham. Ron watching Legion and The Gifted? Legion, yes. The Gifted, no. Because I feel like you've reached too much oversaturation when the guys I know who are like the biggest fans of the thing can't be bothered anymore. Right, right. I, li- I like Gotham a lot. I really enjoy Gotham. You know, if it also if it was canceled, I also wouldn't really be upset about it. But that's how I feel about most things. That's that's where I'm at. <laughs> that's just age. So we will, <laughs> Ryan and I will be back to talk about Batman versus Two Face in a couple of weeks with the animated Brain Trust. I don't know what the next special edition show is, but you can you can be sure there'll oh. be one. And of course, Ragnarok, right? Are you guys gonna do one for Blade Runner? Probably not. I don't know. No, not for. I don't know. Stop putting more work on my plate. <laughs> of course, there is the weekly comic book uh, review show, the Pick Week Podcast, which you talk about the week's books. You can find that every week at fanboy.com. Until next time, I'm Connor. Somewhere, I'm Mike. Somehow, I'm somebody must have kicked you around, son.